Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, we attempted this morning to do Facebook Live for our Easter service, and we had numerous uh, technical difficulties. Uh, Brad and Dave have been working tirelessly trying to figure uh, some of them out, and we haven't been able to get that done. And so here's what we're going to do. We're just going to record uh, the service again uh, with audio, and it will be on the uh, uh, website, uh, and we'll let everybody else know where it is when it's time. So here is our Easter service, take two. We have a greeting today from Dr. Jensen, and as many of you know, on Easter Sunday, Jay wears a gold and orange suit with a bright orange tie, so I would encourage you to imagine him, imagining him just like that just now as he shares this greeting with you. Good morning. 
and happy Easter to Second Baptist Church. It's so good to be in touch with you on this special day. I want at this time to spe give special thanks to the tech team that makes this possible. Steve Meacham, Brad and Marilyn Short, Dave Manager, Monica Eppinger, all have played a part in uh, making this possible. Some thoughts that I've been having uh, include, are focused on Easter. Uh, it offers us a very special chance to see things in a whole new way. Through the crucifixion and resurrection, reality as we know it has crumbled and we are seeing it again with new eyes. A practical example of this is the COVID virus crisis. It has so changed everything that we thought we knew uh, two months or even just a month ago. Things that we see that are different or see in a new way can include relationships with our loved ones and our community, how they feel and how important they are, and, and how we would love to reach out and hug one another. Also, honesty and objectivity are so valuable in times like this when things are in, in an uproar. We also see amazing acts of individual courage and see their implications for the, the individual, but also for the greater group and their power. And generosity. Generosity is uh, so important. And when we see the, the inequities within our society and the needs and the risks that people have, it's important for us to reach out like the offering that has been recommended by our youth group. Everything is redefined and revalued. May we look at the world around us with new Easter eyes. Blessings on you all. Thank you. Good morning. Well, good afternoon at this point. Um, <clears throat> last night, <clears throat> as I was awake at 2 o'clock in the morning, um, as I was thinking about today's scripture and the um, Jesus' resurrection, and I thought about the week previously for, for Jesus' followers and his disciples. First of all, there had been the parade honoring and praising Jesus and all the happiness and the celebration, and um, then... The, some of the different activities that um, came during the week, such as the cleansing of the temple, which would probably produce a lot of confusion on some parts and some anger in some, in some people. Um, also, the somberness of the Passover dinner, the chaos that came into the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was being arrested, and then the horrible day of accusations, the beating and the death of Jesus, and the day after that had to be one of um, confusion for all of his followers. The hiding out, wondering what was going to happen to them, laying lay low, not just mourning his death. So um, as I thought about all that, it brought new light to today's scripture. John 20, 1 through 10. Early in the morning of the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. 
Peter and the other disciple left to go to the tomb. They were running together, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and was the first to arrive at the tomb. Bending down to take a look, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he didn't go in. Following him, Simon Peter entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. He also saw the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head. It wasn't with the other clothes, but was folded up in its own place. Then the other disciple, the one who arrived at the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They didn't yet understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together where you are in your home and those of us, the few of us who are gathered in the sanctuary. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I want to share with you this morning a poem by Joy Harjo. Joy is the first Native American U.S. poet laureate. Um, Her poetry is just beautiful. She writes a lot about immigration and about the struggles of those who are left behind. This particular poem is entitled, Perhaps the World Ends Here. The world begins at a kitchen table. No matter what, we must eat to live. The gifts of the earth are brought and prepared, set on the table. So it has been since creation, and it will go on. We chase chickens or dogs away from it. Babies teeth at the corners. They scrape their knees under it. It is here that children are given instructions on what it means to be human. We make men at it. We make women. At this table we gossip, recall enemies, and the ghosts of lovers. Our dreams drink coffee with us as they put their arms around our children. They laugh with us at our poor falling down selves and as we put ourselves back together once again at the table. This table has been a house in the rain, an umbrella in the sun. Wars have begun and ended at this table. It is a place to hide in the shadow of terror, a place to celebrate the terrible victory. We have given birth on this table, and we have prepared our parents for burial here. At this table, we sing with joy, with sorrow. We pray of suffering and remorse. We give thanks. Perhaps the world will end at the kitchen table while we are laughing and crying, eating the last sweet bite. Oh, creep 
of our God and King, Christ is risen, Christ is risen, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
John 21, verses 12 through 17. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples could bring themselves to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. As they were eating, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon replied, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. Jesus asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon replied, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, Take care of my sheep. He asked a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was upset that Jesus asked him a third time, Do you love me? He replied, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Neela Gay, good afternoon. As I look out over our sanctuary on this Easter day and see exactly three other people besides myself spread out around the room, I am reminded that we live in what is a interesting, confusing, and weird time. It is not like Easter usually is. There is no full sanctuary this morning, no display of new Easter clothes, no extended families filling the pews, no looking around large hats, no guest musicians, no mob of kids for a children's sermon, no call and response he is risen, he is risen indeed. No smell of Easter lilies and the dry eyes that go with that smell. No Jay's Easter suit. No turning in our pews to experience the Hallelujah Chorus. No scrambling to figure out how to do the Easter egg inside on a rainy day. To be honest, I, I'm missing the normal trappings of Easter Sunday. And yet I know that there is so much to celebrate today. Life, love, shelter, friendship, God's abiding presence. We are learning that we are in this together and that our Savior is right there with us guiding and directing our paths as we are reminded of what it means to be disciples, to be kind, to be caring, to be human. The title of this Easter message is Fish Tacos and Deep Conversations. So here we go. So many important conversations take place across the table it might be in the kitchen or on the deck or at a restaurant or in the park. Food is eaten, beverages are consumed, and insightful exchanges take place. 
It is across the table that a young man asks the father of his beloved if he has his blessing for marriage. It is across the table that a teenage girl gathers the courage to come out to her parents and her family. It is across the table over Bang Bang Shrimp that a group of pastors work out a plan for a racial reconciliation ministry. It is across the table while sharing nachos that he recognizes that he is in love. It is across the table over cold beverages that friends choose to become business partners. It is across the table that the job is offered, the proposal is popped, the deal is made, all while eating toasted ravioli. It is across the table that children are told their, div- their parents are divorcing, and parents are told that their child is moving 600 miles away. It is across the table that a startling diagnosis is shared and a plan is made. It is across the table that confession is made and forgiveness is granted. Across the table, lives are changed by words spoken. Peter, Simon Peter, has been an integral part of the resurrection timeline. After denying Jesus three times on Thursday night, it is Peter who refocuses to once again be the leader of the pack as they all shelter in place on Saturday. It is Peter who runs to the tomb on Sunday, and although he took second place in the race, he is the first one to enter the tomb. Days later, it is Peter's idea that he and several of the disciples go fishing. And when they return to shore after a long night on the sea, they are surprised to find the risen Jesus sitting on the beach, frying some fish on an open fire. Interestingly, now they call the tilapia that comes out of the Sea of Galilee St. Peter's fish. But when Jesus was cooking them, they were just fish. Jesus fried up enough fish for the entire group of disciples who were there. And there was bread. I'm guessing that it was a, a pita, a falafel bread. And I imagine Jesus carefully folding the bread and placing the fish in the fold and essentially giving a fish taco to each of the disciples. The scripture doesn't say but I suppose that Jesus handed Peter his fish taco last. I imagine the disciples eating and talking, commenting on how beautiful the sunrise is as they look across the sea to the Golan Heights. The others involve themselves in idle chit-chat as Jesus hones in on a conversation that he wants to have with Peter. I can hear Jesus saying to Peter, probably as Peter is taking a bite of his fish taco, because it is always when our mouths are full of food that people ask us questions, Simon, do you love me? And Peter responds as you would expect, yes, Lord, of course I love you. And Jesus says, feed my lambs. They each take bites of their breakfast, and then Jesus says to Peter again, Simon, do you love me? Peter thinks to himself, he just asked me that question. 
You doing okay there, risen Jesus? But what he says is, yes, Lord, I love you. And Jesus responds, feed my sheep. They eat in silence for a few minutes as the other disciples continue talking with each other, maybe about their love for fishing and most certainly about how amazing it is that risen Jesus is there with them. Perhaps Peter is, while munching on fish and bread, looking out over the sea, watching the waves break toward the shore. And then Jesus turns to Peter again and asks him a third time, Simon, do you love me? Peter is taken aback at this question, asked for a third time. Give it a rest, Jesus, he thinks. But then, I assume that it dawns on him. Jesus has asked Peter three times if he loves him. Three is a magic number. It is the exact number of times that Peter had denied Jesus. The words from that awful Thursday night come rushing back to him. I don't know him. I don't know who Jesus is. Bleep, bleep, bleepity, bleep. I don't know him at all. And Peter realizes that what Jesus is doing is not asking the same question over and over, but he is pronouncing reconciliation. He is pronouncing forgiveness. He is pronouncing relationship. He doesn't scold Peter or fuss at Peter or tell Peter how terrible he's been. He simply reminds him to whom he belongs. Three times you messed up, Peter, and now three times you have declared your love for me. This simple conversation reaches deep into Peter's soul. Peter, do you love me? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Lord, I love you. Then feed my sheep. In my thinking, Jesus has a smile on his face as he takes another bite of his fish taco. And Peter grins through the tears as he finally feels free free from the guilt and the burden of his monumental mistake, free to be the one whom Jesus said, to whom Jesus said three years earlier, come, follow me, and I will make you a fisher of people. There are so many lessons to be gleaned from this story. Lesson number one, a good fish taco goes a long way to clearing the air. Lesson number two, Sometimes the deepest conversations take place when there's a crowd of people around you. Lesson number three, Jesus' way of drawing us to himself isn't harsh or vindictive or guilt-producing. It comes from a place of love and a place of grace. I think the story can be especially helpful to those of us who have been molded by churches that taught us that God is angry or wrathful or mean. Jesus here is a friend, making sure that another friend knows that he's always welcome with him. And the fourth lesson, forgiveness is not a standalone experience. While Jesus is actively walking Peter through the process of forgiveness, he is also challenging Peter to become the person that Jesus has intended him to be, the leader, the caregiver, the servant, the feeder of sheep. 
Those words, feed my sheep, in this context, carry within them the comforting balm of forgiveness and the hope of a revitalized purpose. We often define forgiveness as something that is important because of eternity or because of heaven. But here Jesus is reminding us that forgiveness is important in terms of setting us up so that we can be the best version of ourselves as we strive to be followers of Christ. I don't know about you, but I know about me. There are many things that I have done wrong, so many mistakes that I have made, so many times that I have failed, so many occasions that I have stayed silent when I should have spoken, so many times when I have sat when I should have stood, so many times when I have been frozen in place when I should have stepped forward. Here, Jesus' words to Peter remind us that our weakness, our failure, our regret does not do us in, but rather sets us up to experience the forgiveness and grace of God through Jesus Christ. Happy Easter, everybody. Amen.
Thank you, Marilyn. It is so wonderful to hear some amazing Easter music today. Thank you, Judy, for reading scripture this morning, for helping lead us in worship. Brad, thank you for singing this morning, and boy, maybe even bigger than that, thank you for all your incredible, incredibly hard work trying to make everything stay together as uh, we are working through uh, technical glitches and still working to experience worship together. I would tell you all that if you go to Facebook, you will see some pictures that have been sent in over the last couple of days with Easter themes, and I think you may enjoy those. And we're also taking some pictures of our service this morning, and those will be on Facebook in a bit. As you uh, know, we did take an Easter offering this year, and I'm not prepared to tell you how much we received quite yet because there may be some things coming in yet, but you did very, very well. All monies received will go to help uh, at food banks and food uh, assistance programs. So thank you. Thank you very much. Please let me remind you this morning to pray for one another, to think about each other, to provide assistance and help where you can. Make a phone call, send an email, write a text, whatever you can do to connect with one another. Just do it. And stay safe, stay positive, stay healthy, stay home. And now let us pray together. Lord, as we gather together separately as a community of faith, we invite you once again into our lives. May the hope of your resurrection color our days. May the promise of your spirit working in us and through us light up our lives. May the love you revealed to us shape us. May your truth guide our journeys and may the joy of your kingdom fill our lives. As we gather together underneath the banner of your grace, we thank you for our place at the table where we can now enjoy and celebrate your glorious resurrection. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And now let's conclude our time together with this benediction and postlude. Let's pray together. Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.